Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No. But I respect some of the superstitions of others. Often, they are founded in fact. Broadcasting live from our Sanctum Sanctorum in Venice, California, I'm Krista, and we are the Sixth Sense Society. Welcome to our first episode on Tuesday afternoons. We are happy to have you, and we're going to be talking with Jeff Mendel, who's an old friend and uh, has all things paranormal to talk about. But before we start, Michael has some announcements. All right. Hi there, guys. We um, just want to talk a little bit about our upcoming shows, um, and first, to thank all of you guys for supporting our show. Our, our numbers are great. We've increased our viewers and our watch time, and we're truly appreciative of all the support and the encouragement we're getting. So thank you to all of you out there. Um, this is all paranormal October since we're in the Hall Halloween season, and of course tonight our friend Jeff. And then next week, Holly Lindblom from Holly's Haunts, and she's a, a terrific person who goes around photographing a lot of haunted places and has a lot of stories to tell. And then we'll follow that the week after with Craig Owens, I believe is the name, who wrote the book Haunted, in Hol Haunted by Hollywood. And he's going to talk about some of the famous Hollywood places he's visited and the ghost hunts he's run on there and so forth. And so fabulous and very interesting guy. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, our new time, as you know, now Tuesdays at 1 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So if you guys are in the UK, you can tune in about 8 o'clock at night there. And um, we're having a lot of fun with the show, as I said, and we're going to keep bringing you guys great shows. And if you have any, the live chat is up. So if you want to you know, ask anything of us, uh, let us know, chat with us um, and join in. And otherwise, I'm going to cut back to Krista and Jeff and we're going to have a great show. So take it away, guys. Great. Thanks, Michael. So welcome, Jeff. Before we start, I'm going to give a little bio and also mention the fact that um, your girlfriend, Kashmir White, was going to be with us and couldn't make it. So we're really sad about that, but we're going to have her back at another I, time. I hope so. She really wanted to be here. I, I just want to say Kashmir has been through heck for a year. Uh, she was diagnosed with cancer a year ago. She's cancer-free, but the but the abuse she's taken, the, the, the chemotherapy, surgery... Uh, radiation and she was doing so well in radiation that they added an extra week and a half <laughs> you know it's it, I, I mean I understand but it doesn't seem right right uh, she <laughs> was doing, doing well, well at every blessed. step and it's just it's just still it's just taken its toll and uh, she was here investigating with us yes and I and I honestly believe some of the EMF that we were experiencing which was huge might have had a, a little push to do with it Mm -hmm. uh, but she's recovering, and, and she'll be happy to do this next time. Oh, absolutely. We look forward you, to that. You, you mentioned Jill. I met Jill and her, her son, uh, Dylan, at David's uh, uh, book uh, publishing party on, on Saturday. She's a very nice woman. Oh, great. Uh, I, I'll watch that show. Oh, good. So before we start, we'll talk a little bit about your background. You are a writer, producer, director of film and television, and you've written comedy for National Lampoon and 
Modern Mirth, um, and you also wrote and directed one of the most durable cult classic horror films, <laughs> Elves, that you said has suddenly Elves. become a little more popular again. It was it it it, it was huge in in Asia, and oddly enough. On a completely other matter, I got to travel to Hong Kong, and everyone is meeting me, hmm. and I'm thinking, boy, this is this is amazing, you know. And I'm sitting in an office. Somebody is late, and I look down. There's a hardcover book, City City Entertainment. It's it's their only important entertainment book. And I look through, and the laser disc picks uh, for that year are Indochine. I don't know if you recall that film. No. Uh, Brian De Palma's Rainy Sin Kane, mm-hmm. uh, Coppola's Dracula, and and my film. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so if you want to look at an illegal copy, you look on the internet, right. uh, Elves under Dave, Dan Haggerty. <laughs> Everything I make is supposed to be a comedy. but. Uh, oh. And then as far as your paranormal background, um, you have appeared, both you and Cashmere, on various paranormal shows, radios, podcasts, most notably Ghost Hunters, and Paranormal Witness, where they used some of your footage. Paranormal perhaps. Witness was interesting because they liked the they liked everything that I collected. I gave them some of my material, and they used an EVP that I had captured, uh, where I heard talking, and I lifted the camera up, and as soon as I got it in focus, they said, "Jeffrey, don't shoot me." Wow! And then they did a reenactment of the séance, the very first séance we attended there, that was conducted by you and Michael I know. <laughs> and it was and it was one of the best ones uh, but uh, which is strange since we didn't really feel like we knew what we were doing <laughs> well 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 you knew how to keep the room quiet and and we just let the house do its magic I yes. guess but but you you were really guiding it quite well uh, and Michael was too you were sitting across from each other but they show a reenactment and then over the end credits they have my actual footage. So it's sort of like, you think this reenactment is, is, you know, just we made this up. Oh, by the way, while we're going away, here's the, here, here's the actual footage. And it was the first time that Paranormal Witness has used an actual witness's uh, footage. Wow. So they did it like every time since then. Wow. Uh, that's uh, pretty, that's kind of a really a, cool thing yeah, to have happen, actually. I think so. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of curious is like, why did you get involved in the paranormal to begin with? When did your interest start? Well, I wish Kashmir was here because she has a lot to add to that too. But uh, people don't usually have memories when they're three years old mm-hmm. and four years old. I think you have to be four or five. But we were living in Park La Brea Towers uh, on uh, Third Street. And uh, I guess we were, on, uh, we were on Burnside. We lived on Burnside. And I remember my first paranormal experience when I was three years old, hmm. which I was lying watching TV and little ant creatures came out from under the TV and they started carrying me back into the dark hall, dark bedroom at the end of the hall. And I was terrified and I rolled off them and grabbed the door handle to the bathroom and I ran into the only light on, in, in, which was in the kitchen of my mother. Now, of course, my mother explains it to me. Oh, you had a dream. Mm-hmm. And things would happen wherever we went. We wound up uh, living in, in Hancock Park, and everything was always a car going by with lights. Or, or oh, it's your, it's, you heard plumbing. Oh, an old house makes noises. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, then I find out as I become an adult and I'm going to college that my mother is some kind of 
uh, I say she's a witch. She was a. Uh, she had all these. She when when she would get angry, a, a pin would fly off the table wow. and across the room. Uh, she had uh, premonitions. She was driving through oil wells and said, "It's the three tin horse or the tin three horse." And they went to the track and bait, uh, bet the exacta. Uh, Three ten and ten three, and they won a lot of money. Uh, just weird things. She didn't want me to be afraid. Mm. Instead, I grew up confused. Oh. And I entered UCLA as a as a science major, as a pre med major. Uh, wound up veering towards psychology, uh, and I was a member of the Southern California Skeptic Society. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and and then it was taken over by Michael Shermer and became the California Skeptics. And I had explanations for everything. And then somebody gave me uh, uh, the Golden Dawn Society's book. The big one? The big one. Oh, yes. And, and, and I was fascinated. And I'll just cut, I'll just cut to the chase. I'm, I'm still schizophrenic in terms of paranormal events, but I know that they're real. And uh, I was able to speak to Israeli Guardi a couple of times on, on the phone. That's really afterward. cool. Uh, and uh, so when I take the camera out, you, you don't, I no longer have. It started when I call it a doppelganger st started appearing at my house, becoming more and more exactly like Kashmir and my cat. And it got to the point where I was looking for my keys in the computer room and, and uh, I look up and she's standing there in the door with a worried expression. She's holding her pack and she's got books in a Ralph's plastic bag. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to borrow yours. And I walk right by her, space about that far, I determined afterwards. And I brush by the bag and I brush by her. And I said, I'm going to have to take your key. And behind me, I hear like Marilyn Monroe style sexiness going, do you have to? I thought, that's weird. I said, well, it's only temporary. And as I walk into the kitchen, Kashmir walks into the kitchen and says, what's only temporary? And I go, ah, and she goes, ah, we're like a sitcom. Every time something happens, I go, ah, ah, she says, ah, I go, you know. And, and, and that's when I thought, and then when it appeared like the cat and I picked it up and set it down and it disappeared, uh, that's when we thought, I've got to. I've got to get rid of this. I got to find out what happened. And I was shooting a, a show with a guy named Steve Rubin, and he was working on a film that was made by David Oman. And Barry Taff was at this party, and he says, "Come and talk to the fella." Mm -hmm. So for the next uh, four and a half years, I was at the Oman house four times a week, eventually, recording one to two hours worth of tape, and I. Nobody needs to prove to me that there are paranormal entities and disembodied voices. That set, what I started out was from a science perspective was, okay, these things are real. They're happening. Uh, how are they doing it? Mm -hmm. What is it that I'm hearing? Uh, if you talk about an EVP, for example, I, I don't think there's such a thing as an electronic voice phenomenon. Uh, because everything that you get on camp, oh, it's it, it's when somebody says something is too complicated, that means they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. I understand it's just awfully long. Uh, there is an actual voice that you can hear mm -hmm. if your ear is facing the right way. There, I heard it say, "Jeffrey, don't shoot me." Mm -hmm. For example, uh, 
Uh, to me, that is fascinating. Uh, an entity moving particles on a tape or, or in a chip and being able to make talking where there wasn't talking anymore, mm -hmm. that's... But an actual voice is a physical manifestation. Mm -hmm. When you open a door and the other door moves, that's air pressure, yes, but it's a sound wave. Right. There was something in the room that moved the air, mm -hmm. that, that a physical presence that made a voice, and that's fascinating to me. Well, and the thing that I was fa I'm fascinated with that is the idea that one of the things that I find a little maybe I'm confused by is everyone thinks they know what it is. It could be, couldn't it be something from another dimension too? Like how do we know it's just only a ghost because we're discovering there's all kinds of realities that they could be from. That's my only thing about watching everyone with the ghost equipment. They just assume things, even though I've heard the voices too now and I yes. know that they are real. Yeah. But I'm more open to why they're there and what yes. they are. That's that's more interesting. There's so yeah. many ghost shows on now. Uh, you know, if we ha if we had a channel called, you know, the Masonic, well, no, that would be easy. But oh, even Home and Garden has a ghost show. <laughs> Home so, and Garden, so, has yeah. One? <laughs> so they did for a while. So, so it's ubiquitous. I and and also, I was told once by a psychic, you know, if you pay attention to it, it it reacts. It it it, it gives you more. Sure. So if everybody all over the world is now hunting ghosts, there's got to be a lot of activity coming. What are they? Where do they come from? And you and you said something very interesting. What is a dimension? We know a spatial dimension, uh, you know, height, width, height, width, breadth. You know, uh, some people say the fourth dimension is time, uh, but they're all space-time dimensions. So I like to cancel out time. Nobody has a has a depending on your specialty, on your scientific specialty or psychic specialty or paranormal specialty, everybody has a different definition definition for a dimension. But we don't know what a dimension is. Right. I showed you a pan the other day. Yes. That is a uh, that is coated with something called quasi-crystal. Quasi-crystal, Daniel Schechtman back in the 80s uh, was doing crystallography and, and, and they were looking for... Uh, 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 different substances uh, and this diffraction pattern looked weird to him and it was controversial until the 90s uh, in the 90s the the whatever it is the gemology <laughs> I don't know what it is the crystallography science authorities mm -hmm. accepted the structure but it was in 2007 that the Japanese proved that this substance was a crystal in six dimensions. Mm -hmm. So the French patented as a nonstick cookware because your cake batter is in three dimensions, but, mm -hmm. the, but the coating of the pan is in six dimensions. <coughs> so it just slides right out. And, and uh, so there are other dimensions. What, what those dimensions are is, is, is an open question. How many dimensions are there? If you subscribe to string theory, there's there's eleven, right. there's eight, there's right. sixteen. I mean, uh, so that that's one of my. I mean, I wish that people would not be so confident about interpreting. I, I wish in that way that that it's not common for people to say, well, what it could be something else. Of course, it wouldn't make a good show, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I have to tell you, I have a very bizarre theory about what they are. 
but 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 I've been able to record over the last uh, 10, 15 years, uh, 15, so 13 years, um, very different kinds. I have apparitions. I have mm -hmm. I've seen different kinds of apparitions. I saw over at Kashmir's apartment the uh, proverbial uh, shadow figure, which is different than a right. shadowy looking figure. Right. Uh, I've seen a tape of orbs that you have that are very interesting. I have very different looking orbs that are only one pixel big that actually respond to your talking mm -hmm. and, and sort of swarm slowly over you, but move quickly when they're away from you. Hmm. And then uh, uh, the fellow comes out and says, hey, we're losing the light outside. And they all instantly changed direction and started moving towards the door. Wow. These are different entities. Now, why did I get those little orbs? I think it's because the TRV-900 and an obsolete Sony that I used leaked into the near-infrared. And so it was able to pick up something that we don't see with our eyes, mm -hmm. but that we're reflecting or giving off near-infrared. You know, a, a shadow figure is somebody who seems, uh, it's defined in books, but it's darker than dark. It has kind of a dark outlines. Often they wear a hat. And I saw it open a door and walk into Kashmir's wall. <laughs> so what, what do you think but, the shadow figure is yourself? I, I, don't, I don't know. But I did speak to a shadow uh, at David Oman's house that looked and sounded like Wojtek Frykowski. Oh, wow. And I was being an idiot. I was being a scientifically minded idiot. Mm -hmm. Somebody would, would, would toss my pin and I'd say, oh, did you see that? <laughs> you know, it was mm -hmm. somebody actually tossed it. Right. And I would make jokes about, oh, I just recorded the ghost saying something, you know. And 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 then I got an EVP at, uh, one night of, a, of an accented voice saying, come to the bottom of the stairs and let's try to talk. But I struggle making words with other people. And it made me feel really bad. I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why it was like they were trying to talk to me and I was being an, an a-hole, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so I came back the next day and I walked in. I stood at the top of the stairs and said, guys, I'm sorry. Please, you know, I'm here with the camera anytime you want to talk to me. And I really, I was there with the camera at this point almost every day. Uh, I gave up the rest of my life. <laughs> Just just to find out what was going on here. And that's when I would show up and I would feel this wonderful energy go all over me, like puppies licking me, I described it. Hmm. And and uh, and uh, David used to go to sleep when Kashmir and I would go there because he couldn't sleep at other times because all these things would be going on. Hmm. And so we were like his protectors in a way. Wow. Uh, we're talking about David Oman's house. Uh, on Cielo Drive, where the Manson murders occurred, and uh, and we called these entities our four friends. It was two women and two men. One man was short. Mm -hmm. uh, the women were. One woman was really short. I thought it was a kid. Mm. Uh, it turned out that Sharon's press is wrong. She's not five six. She was five two. Mm. Uh, and then the and then Cashmere made friends with this bigger man uh, who she was assured to herself. She she was sure it was Wojtek Frykowski. Mm -hmm. And when I said goodbye to them the last time I was there, a woman stepped out from behind him 
this is a shadow I'm seeing in the hallway. Wow. Uh, and I have a 15-minute conversation with him. I have different discussions on a different day. My favorite EVP is one where we're seeing this Voitech shadow. And, and I had made a decision that I'm not going to let anybody get away without giving me their name. They've got to give me their name. <laughs> and they would do all kinds of things. They mocked me in one EVP. Mm. Who are you? Give me Abigail Folger. Who are you? Gibby. I'm Gibby. You know, and they were imitating me, at, right. at, you know, in, in this, we, we, I call it the, the, the man, the, uh, the ventriloquist voice. <laughs> uh, and often they were what we also called the demon fish or the Ouija spirits. They're just these things that chatter and talk all the time, which is a different EVP than a full frequency EVP of a human voice. Just, and here was the shadow figure talking to me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to try and talk to them again. And I went down there and here's this shadow figure. And I thought I said, uh, what's your name? And I heard a woman's voice go, Claude Rains. Well, think about it. You're an investigator and you have a woman saying her name is Claude Rains. Ah, throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an EVP, but it's random. It's not responsive. But, uh, as I did this, I got more and more expensive and better and better equipment, and I had this really amazing noise reduction software. Uh, and when I listened to it with just one pass of noise reduction, I, what I actually asked was, which of you am I talking with? Because I assume it's the four friends. Mm -hmm. So we always assume they're together somehow. Uh, and a girl says, oh, he can see us. And the guy I'm talking with that I can see says, you sure? And another woman says, Claude Rains. Now, in the 60s, Universal released all its all its horror movies. You know, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Invisible Man, played by Claude Rains. Oh, you see? That's, uh, oh, that is really funny. And then the man says, well, he certainly can't see us unless everybody effed it up. And, you know, he didn't say that. Right. But you know what he said. Uh, so they had this plan that I am going to continue seeing the Voit, what we call the Voitech figure, but they were all going to be there. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting moment because after that, I was able to see Jay. First, I saw his feet. They were like, they were shadows or invisible, but like spotlights were going like this. And then you could see different parts of them. Like I would see your face and mm -hmm. then I'd see your alarm and, and, uh, uh, what that meant to me was astounding. First of all, before I had come back to the steps, they had gone somewhere and they had a conversation and they had a plan. Okay, Wojtek, we're going to, we're going to let them see you, but we'll be here, but we'll be invisible. We won't let them see, see us. They had this plan hmm. and, and, and the girl who we assume is Sharon blew it. I said, which one of you am I talking with? She thought I could see all of them. I could only see the oh, one. Right. So she so so she says, oh, he can see us. You sure? Oh, and then there's an EVP that goes in and out that we assume is Jay that said, it's the lights. Mm. First of all, I show up. He goes, there he is. And I say, which one of you am I talking with? Oh, he can see us. Mm -hmm. It's the lights. You sure? Claude Rains. 
He certainly can't see us unless everybody just effed it up. Now, did you were you capture anything on the camera at all, like any kind of movement? It was too, it was too dark. Too dark. There, there, I, I have footage, and I swear to you, unfortunately, it's noisy. But uh, there was a blue light at the far end of the hall at the end, and and Wojtek, as we call him, was leaning against the just at the second landing against the wall in the hallway, mm -hmm. holding his hand like this, leaning against the wall. And before I described it, I put the camera on Kashmir. I said, would you do what you just saw him do? He, As she started to come down, he started to leave. I said, don't go, it's just Kashmir. And he turned and looked over his shoulder and he came back and he. I said, would you repeat the action that you saw? And she repeated the action exactly mm. without me saying it. So she saw the same thing that I saw. Uh, what was the question? If you had if you'd captured anything oh, at all, any so, kind of so movement what I on have, camera. What I have is a lot of noise, and I'm shooting eight frames a second so that I can see anything. But as he would get away from the wall, I think that you can see it block the light from the end of the hall, mm -hmm. and then it goes back. Mm -hmm. Now, we have this thing where if it could have been a car going by outside, I have over 300 hours of footage. Not have you, just, have not you just watched his, it all? I haven't been able to watch all oh, of so it I yet, and I haven't even, and I haven't been able to do an entire reel yet. Uh, and and this is going back to two thousand and five. It's just I have work, you have work. Yes, we have. We do. You know, and we and 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 I spend so long, really fine tuning what I've. I discovered something about EVPs, which is they're all missing, except for our four friends. All the other EVPs are missing the fundamental tone. What is a fundamental tone? I can understand it, but I'll make it very simple. If you play a C chord, you know, C, E, G, uh, the C, the lowest note, is the fundamental tone. You hear my voice, mm -hmm. the pitch is the fundamental tone, but I have a very raspy voice. Right. Those harmonics are what makes my voice. Mm -hmm. If you remove the fundamental tone, the human brain recreates it it's hmm. not there but we hear it hmm. what is this amazing ability what what earthly purpose could this amazing ability serve there isn't any except to talk to evps the phone company took advantage of it back in the days when it was the phone company ma bell and uh they had copper wires, mm -hmm. so they wanted to fit more conversations on a wire than they had room for. And they found that if they took the fundamental tone out, which is the lowest and largest wave, hmm. that when we held the phone up to our ear, uh, I hear you. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, that's I, I can tell right away that's Krista. Mm -hmm. Because my brain made a wave, a sound wave that isn't actually in the sound. Hmm. Uh, if I take it away from my ear... It sounds a little bit tinnier if I record it on a on a on a tape, you know, on a video camera or a tape machine. It sounds phony. That's where the term comes from, tinny. Oh, you know, it, and and that's exactly the way that we miss hearing EVPs if we're not in the right hmm. position to make the fundamental tone in our head. And when you and you hear something very loud in the room and you record it, but it's very soft mm -hmm. because it's missing the fundamental tone. I found by putting it on a on a uh, uh, a sound graph, 
that, it, that it's missing other tones. Mm -hmm. uh, and the and that changes the format. What is a format? It's different in 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 phonetics and it's different in physics, but it is like the average of the. It's the average of the peaks of the harmonics. Mm -hmm. So if you remove some of the harmonics, the format changes. I have a machine. I, I, you, di you didn't mention in my bio that from 1976 to about 1980, I worked as an engineer in a recording studio. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the psychology department, I was studying, uh, and physics, I was studying acoustics because I was studying the perception of the film image. This is just so you understand, what, right. why, why is he knowing all this stuff? Right. Uh, so I know how to fix people's voices to sound better. Mm -hmm. I know from, from physics and I know from psychology how it is we perceive the, I know what the algorithm is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I had all this equipment and then I have all these voices. So I was able to put that all together. We well, it does sound right. like the audio is probably at this point the most likely to prove things based on everyone else's ability to, to capture things. And uh, uh, as we're talking about this, it would be good to know like the technology that you like to use and suggestions that you can make for people that don't know much about mm. whatever the tech stuff, the equipment that you have found good over the years. What do you bring, including other things besides the audio? Uh, th there are many... There are many outboard devices that you use in a studio. Uh, you can use a harmonizer to fix somebody's pitch in a song, but you can also use that same technology through either a software program or an outboard program to add to lower frequencies and add frequencies. I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, uh, is it AVEX? It's a, it, it's a, it's a vocal recording uh, software mm -hmm. where you can change the length of someone's throat, you can change the format, you can uh, change the pitch. And what I like to do when there's a voice but it's not coming out is I'll remove the noise, which also removes part of the voice. Mm -hmm. But I'll replace it. I'll adjust the format and the throat size and... Uh, uh, well, yeah, you'll, I'll look it up afterwards, and you can put it in the in, sure. in underneath on the uh, in the thing. It's 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 an interesting device to manipulate voices. Now, I was asked, well, can't you take a sound, boom, you know, from the sink, and just tune it and make it any word you want? And so I experimented with it, and I found that I could. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can't do is make a complete sentence out of random noise. Ah. With with the same object. I mean, you could right. go and do each phoneme, but uh, but you can't make a full sentence. You can make a word. Right. So I'm less impressed with words that have been pulled out of things than I am with like multi-syllable words or sentences. Uh, but what do you actually record it on when you're there? Do you just use your phone? Do you use a, a tape recorder? I I. I you know, there's always sorry. There's always this debate. You know, oh, I I like the old Edison cylinders. They had a warmer tone than the flat LPs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, I like tape. I like it better than the CDs. They do. I like analog tape mm -hmm. on on video. Sony makes an excellent camera with an excellent microphone, mm -hmm. and I've tried I've tried different you know prosumer tools. 
and and everybody's a little different but uh sony was all also always into sound and they have the best microphones mm. and they're stereo my all of my collections of evps are stereo and uh now they all are mm-hmm. as people get them on cameras but when you have a little digital tape recorder the 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 formula the algorithm is always kind of uh filling in the little blanks that you don't record that you don't hear Ah. the same thing as when you take a camera and you shoot if you have a low resolution resolution pixel the 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 camera has a software in it that fills in next to it so that you're in focus. Oh. But what it also does is if there's a single spot of light from a reflection of water vapor from a flash, it makes a bubble, hmm. which looks like an orb to people in still photography. Oh. So there's that equivalent in sound. And I think if you have a good spectrum microphone and and an analog recorder, that's just my preference. Mm-hmm. It's a warmer tone, like mm-hmm. they say in the classical music business. <laughs> Uh, uh, I can't. I can't give you any name. I, 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 you know, I use Sony. Somebody else might get great things on their uh, Panasonic. Mm-hmm. Now people get stuff on their phone, but the phone has a very limited uh, dynamic range. Mm-hmm. So you're getting part of these. You you have sound waves that are missing different frequencies, and then you're recording a part of the frequencies. So. I think the the broader the range on your recording, mm-hmm. the more likely an EVP will come up. If that helps anybody, mm-hmm. I wasn't very specific, was I? Can we talk briefly for a second? Um, some of the things that we see on the ghost shows, and you know, EMF meters, K two meters, and Mel meters, and those things seem to have a little bit more validity to me than some of the other tools that we see, like the Connect cameras well, here, which we've talked here, about. So this is this is this is my opinion, uh, uh, Michael. It's not. I'm not speaking scientifically now. I'm just speaking from experience. If you have a K2 meter and you're saying, make it go once for yes, make it go twice for no, that means they can control it. So that means <laughs> is you're going around with a, with a K2 meter or an EMF meter and it's moving or it's not moving, they can, con- they can control it. So I'm not sure exactly what it is that you're taping, although I'm very sensitive to EMF. And when we were looking at the lodge here last time, mm-hmm. that on the dais at the at, in in the lodge itself, there was a constant high EMF reading, mm-hmm. but there was no electric plug. There was no piece of equipment. We looked at everything. Now there's a there's a uh, a router upstairs that puts Wi-Fi into the building. Right. That that produces varying EMF meters. But if you would step off the dais and hold it up at the same height, you would find there is no EMF. So so what is it? I think it's some I think EMF Barry Taft once said EMF is like the ocean and the paranormal entities are like boats that travel on the ocean. I think EMF is a is a natural phenomenon that is greater in some places than other places. Mm-hmm. Why 
we can't answer the question, how does it move? I was talking with Michael mm. about a theory that, that deep under the earth there's molten lava. Right. And, it's, and, it, and maybe there's a cavern, and it's roiling and mixing, and then it throws a ferric mixture up against the wall of the cavern, and that's magnetized, and now the EMF changes, or the magnetic field changes. And it's there until another wash comes up. I look for a scientific reason that you can explain. Well, don't, don't you think also that even scientists are beginning to see that Earth is like a, a being, you know, that, that maybe the EMF is part of understanding Earth as like not just this planet, but a being of, of Gaia, you know, that concept and that we're dealing with almost the body of the Earth in some way. Well, and, that's a very good way of looking at it. Uh, it really is. Uh, you can see it as a, a living being. Yes. But if you're a material science or a geologist, you can also see it like an actual living, uh, active planet. Mm-hmm. I mean... Because they were finding, like, you know, things move more than they thought. They they have evidence, you know. And so maybe it's not, you know, technically living like we are, but... You know, I think I've even heard more scientists viewing that theory a little bit more open-mindedly. You know, everything that we're talking about here, EVPs, Gaia, uh, apparitions, they're all basically metaphors for something that we don't understand. Right. Uh, they, the, the Japanese, of course, believe in the yokai, that every object, every... Everything has a spirit, mm-hmm. and and uh, and they and they see evidence of it. We see evidence too, but we interpret it a different way. Right. Same thing with the Earth. Same thing with EVPs. Same thing with a shadow figure or a shadow. You know, there's so many different types of apparitions, uh, some of which I've captured, uh, that they're completely different. The, Where the, do they come from? What are they? Uh, Rudolf Steiner, we did a show on him a oh. while back, and he's only the only person I've ever read who thinks that that's a, that a metaphysical person. Yeah, that I've no, read, I know. Um, that I know really Steiner. believes that the evolution of humanity is tied into us becoming closer to the dead. And he has, it's kind of a, Staying Connected is a book, it's about that. And some of it's a little bit obtuse as Steiner can be. <laughs> so, but um, he believes that one should stay connected to people that you've lost in your family, that we all can do it and that it helps them. But he, he was saying, this was like like the early 1900s, that this is part of humanity's evolution. And seeing the amount of people around the world that are so interested now in paranormal investigation, I think that's starting to happen. Well, it, 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 it's very interesting. Uh, people are getting closer, and we're getting closer. But if I was to talk as a physicist, I would say that we're a multi-dimension. We're not an expanding bubble of a universe. We're a twisted hyperstructure with anywhere from six to eleven to sixteen dimensions that we can show with mathematics. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if gravity, if we're on a membrane of three dimensions and we have the three fundamental forces and gravity, 
if we try to break, these are the only forces that we know of. And the Higgs boson is mm -hmm. just proved what we already knew. Uh, 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 the electromagnetic, the strong force, the weak force, gravity. You beat gravity every day when you get out of bed. You beat gravity when you lift up your phone. We're all winners. We're, we're, we're all winners every day against this one force where if you break the others, you get Hiroshima, you get, you know, Nagasaki, mm -hmm. you get, you get explosions. Why, why, why are we beating this force? And maybe that force is on another set of dimensions mm -hmm. and we're only getting the field. Now, if that's true and that this structure is alive, as, as we're metaphorically calling it, and it's moving when that gravitational force gets closer to us, other dimensions get closer to us, mm -hmm. whatever a dimension is. And maybe a being can cross over at a place that has an EMF anomaly or a, or a, or a, a gravitational anomaly. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the case. So it's coming, maybe it's not the dead or maybe the dead are there. Maybe it's certain places on the earth where we're closer to another multi-dimensional world. Mm -hmm. I noticed when I recorded my orbs, and if we can go to my camera, we, we, we know, I noticed when I recorded my orbs, they fly around crazy and then they'd stop. And then they'd fly around crazy and then they'd stop. And I thought, how can they just stop? And it sounds awfully lot like a lot of UFOs, doesn't it? That they it move does, and then yeah. they stop and then they just take off. And, right. and then I realized, what if we're only seeing two of the dimensions? Mm. So we're seeing them move like this. When they stop, they're moving straight toward the camera or straight, straight away from the camera, but they don't get bigger or smaller because mm -hmm. they're in another dimension. And that and and uh, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so then, how would one decide if it's an orb or a, a dust particle or a camera problem? I actually tested after I captured those orbs. I actually was at the same time taping a theater company doing a ten-week Chekhov uh, rehearsal in three plays, <laughs> and they had a chance where they took a, a dovatine, uh, a a black felt carpet out of the rafters and bring it down and shake it and dust came out and so i filmed it ah and it was very different than than the orbs i usually see mm -hmm. they flurried in groups and then when they got closer to the camera they'd get bigger but they all eventually moved down to the ground mm. the orbs that you captured that i saw i i'm sure you have more moved and then suddenly move in a different direction. Now that's the first time I've ever filmed up there. Really? Yeah. What what wind, what what force would cause something to suddenly change a direction? What what force, what wind would cause two particles to move toward each other? Yeah, that was what caught me. There was two I remember. This was at David Oman's house. It was um I don't think it was was it? No, it was before the 50th anniversary, and I decided, well, what the heck? I'm, I've been up here so many times, I've never used my own phone or anything. <laughs> I was like, and see, that's all I ever did. You know, I, I kind of got dragged into the ghost uh, hunting reluctantly, as Michael will tell you, for most of my life, even though I've had experiences and 
I probably have more abilities I could develop. I'm very, I'm very reluctant for some reason, but I'm getting more excited. Doing your own investigation is really interesting and fun, even if you don't know much about what you're doing. What's to know? Forget the equipment. Go up and you feel, feel the EMF. Listen for voices. You have a camera and a recorder if you want to if you want to remember if you want to tape it for posterity right but but you don't need to look at uh well temperature change is an interesting thing too uh cashmere can can address that uh next time you see her so you usually have a thermometer of some kind she has she has a spot thermometer because somebody says oh it's getting very cold this happened to us yes. the time before last oh it happened yes you're right it happened it happened to her and you when when we were here last time that suddenly an area would be cold mm-hmm. freezing all the doors are closed. Nobody's moving. There's no air on. What, no air conditioner on. What's moving? What, yeah, let's what? talk about that investigation. It's the second time we've come here. Uh, on a previous show, we had um, Rick McCollum uh, on, and we didn't investigate it then. We Afterwards, we investigated and got some interesting things. So uh-huh. It wasn't on the show. So this is I only see. the second time we've do- investigated the lodge. Michael, anyway. So let's talk about what happened for you that at that night. Uh, the the first thing that happened to me is I, you know, things that are subjective. You can't prove things that are subjective, but I'm just telling you from me that I would hit a spot and I would suddenly be hit with what I've learned to recognize as EMF uh, radiation spiking, and oddly enough. It hit us the most when we left to go get something to eat and shut the doors. And right out in front, I could barely move. I was so, Mm. uh, uh, yes, I'm a crazy person and and I'm neurasthenic and I I think that, no, I'm making fun of that because I make fun of those things. Mm -hmm. But I can't make fun of something that actually happens to me. Yeah. And, And I heard dresses rustling. Uh, we heard banging all over the place. We, we would separate and somebody would go out in the hallway. Cashmere said, were you guys banging in here? We went into the kitchen. I went into the kitchen first alone and I thought I heard whistling and I thought, and I have the camera with me and I have it on tape, but not in a way that we could play it today. <laughs> but, but I heard whistling and I thought, oh, the stove, something's whistling from the stove. And then I picked up the camera and I started to leave, and it sounded more like human whistling. I thought, ah, that's crazy. And I start to leave, and it goes around my head. And then Michael came in and said, oh, we're doing something in the in the, in the main room. Let's go in there. And so I went in there. And then, as you recall, I, I couldn't stand there. I said, guys, there's there's whistling in the kitchen. Let's go, let's go in the kitchen. We heard talking. That was amazing. That's the first time I've ever heard so notably voices. And we checked the parking lot. We went to the front. There's Michael no went out, out, out people. Michael in, in side and it's, back and front, and there were no people. No people, and it happened more than once. And we heard, and we heard, uh, we heard a girl screaming for somebody. Mm-hmm. I have a, a tape. I have it on my phone. I can try playing it. I don't know if it'll be heard. Going, stop it, stop it. It's not us. And then we heard chatter, and we realized we're in the kitchen, off the dining room. Yes, where people sit. And chatter. Yes. Uh, so I was wondering if some of that could have been residual energy. 
or some of it was interactive. Well, you know? see, again, we're we're talking, we're using terms from the ghost shows. Yes, I I, lo- I love the term matrixing. I, I guarantee well, I you, if you if you look up in the Oxford English Dictionary, you won't find the term matrixing meaning what they mean. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know. Maybe I should have done that before I said that. But but uh, uh, I don't know the difference between a residual haunt and a responsive haunt. That's another example, though of things that we call ghosts, but there's two very distinct different types of things. Mm-hmm. One I spoke to for 15 minutes on a stairway. A group of them misunderstood me and I misunderstood them. Mm-hmm. We had a mutual misunderstanding. Uh, very human. And they, and, and they had a plan. The Ouija spirits will just talk and say anything and... And, and like they, don't, they, they don't mean much. My favorite one is the one I'm most afraid of that goes, I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Uh, you know, it, 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 is, that a, is that a residual thing? Or is that is that a guy that walks around saying, I'm not stupid? Or is it a guy, a, a thing? I have a theory about that. I won't disclose it here. We, we are writing a book. We'll come back when it's done. Uh, but my theory is weirder than, than ghosts. And when it was all done, I thought, you know, there's no, yes, it's a theory, like string theory and quantum mechanics. String theory doesn't make any predictions that are different than quantum mechanics. Mm-hmm. So there, so it's not really a theory. I had a theory about these things being extra dimensional creatures that are imprinting on when you secrete a lot of neuro, uh, neurotransmitters, like when you're in a, when you're killed, when you're in a car accident. And you and and that's why they scare you because they want a burst of neurotransmitters to come from you so they can read you. Oh, you see this, the, 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 and, and and then I got through the whole thing and I'm thinking, but I don't have anything that says they're not ghosts. <laughs> so maybe they're ghosts. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, uh, to go back to your your concept of feeling things, I think that's still very important. So I think it's great that. There's a lot of technology trying to investigate, but I was at, um, it was the 50th anniversary, and in the one room downstairs, I think there was too much tech at the same time. It was a Mm. little, I think it was a little disruptive because there was so much going on. And when I had, I had an experience where I really felt this incredible um, memories of someone at the, the lodge when we were and it was so visceral and so moving, yes. and I was not expecting it at all. I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, nothing's happening, you know? And it carried me away, and I, I was like, wow, this is amazing, you know? And I, I've had it maybe other times, but not, usually it was in a place that was very heightened, like a funeral, or there's no heightened energy. It's very calm, it's every day that you can go into the lodge room right now. There's no ceremony. To have something like that kind of approach you when you're not trying to evoke it is quite persuasive to say, well, what was that? I mean, maybe right. I can't say exactly, but it was not me. <laughs> was it, was it, was it, was it awake sleep paralysis? It, I mean, mm. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. And, and that, that probably in the voices in the kitchen, I thought, and that was pretty cool. The, the, the compelling thing about the voices in the kitchen is that we all heard them. Mm-hmm. And we all heard them often say the same thing. And when I, did some noise reduction, just simple noise reduction. Uh, you could hear what they were saying clearer. Uh, you could hear a guy yelling no, uh, but not at us. Like 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 
a group laughing in an alleyway. Right. Uh, but the alleyways were clear. Uh, when when a girl screams, like, I live across the street from a school, and at 3 o'clock I always hear, ah! You know, ah! You know, <laughs> the, the people screaming. Uh, and, and in the recording, uh, I, uh, the girl goes, ah! And Cashmere goes, I heard that. And no, I'm, Cashmere goes, oh! And you go, I heard that. And then that name Hannah seemed to evoke. And, and Hannah, every time you mentioned the name Hannah, which came up in my phone, it, the, she, she 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 was using a, a, a an app, a, an app that puts names out. Now you know I'm that, not I'm not fond of those. I can but, see why. But, I can see why. But, but but you have to talk about coincidence and seriality, and that's another that's another show, because that was the most moving thing I saw when you sensed that presence, and. And it did repeat the name Hannah. I know some of these are looped words, and I was using the the ghost detector one. And I agree with you, but there were some weird synchronistic things, which is another show, is how do you coordinate that with the technology and validate it that way? Because synchronicity, even Jung, or especially Jung, he did some scientific research, which he never finished, but he was on his way of proving it. And, and actual synchronicity. I want to make here a public statement that... that uh, uh, I hate world of dance because they use the word synchronicity when they mean your synchronization is good. They say your oh. synchronicity is good. And I hope that maybe it is, but that's not what about. they're talking about. Right. The, the, the problem, uh, a lot of the problem with the ghost shows is that so many of these terms have been thrown around and people say dimension all the time and they don't know what they're, I don't know what a dimension is. I'm not standing here as an expert saying, oh, this, they don't know what a dimension is. Nobody knows what a dimension is. Right. Uh, uh, so how can, how can we talk about that? Uh, I, I, uh, there's several experiences that I had that, like you're describing, that just change you. Mm-hmm. They, uh, but, but it was unequivocal what we experienced here. We, it was a good thing we had the meters. Mm-hmm. Because we were standing outside an office that that one of these characters you're talking about, uh, characters, one of, one of these people <laughs> who you knew who had died, uh, used to occupy. And your meter was going crazy. And I was taking our phones. You always, if you're going to use an EMF meter, always put your phone in airplane mode. Because every time it tries to check the time or Google's trying to tell itself where you are and everything it sends out an emf signal and, and and you'll go oh i've got something and it's and it's not uh and it's just your phone so uh <laughs> but we were testing it. We, we we tried our meters we were getting the same thing i put my camera up to see if the camera enough when we opened the door and went in it went away mm-hmm. whatever it is that's producing a powerful electromagnetic field Dimmers do it, improperly wired uh, 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 connectors do it, mm-hmm. uh, f- phones do it. Uh, why would it suddenly go away? Right. It should be consistent if it was something and outside. We, and we all had meters, and we mm-hmm. all tried it. Well, then also, again, that synchronicity we, with the meters, and then when you know Michael was saying part of a story, and then how that would, it was almost like the um, spirit or ghost was reacting to that. And, and so it does seem like, you know, some of it is organic and you've got, you know, a lot of experience doing this. So I'm sure you're more comfortable with it than maybe um, someone beginning might not trust themselves mm-hmm. or 
or you know, at least you know, Michael and I were in the psychic business too, so we might trust yes. it more. But I could see where people could say, "Ah, oh, that's nothing," you know. You, you, you. The, the, I guess what I was trying to say, how I went from a skeptic, or a or a or a sarcastic believer into a real believer, is certain things happen, like happened here, where Michael would start talking about somebody, and something would react. Now you can come up with theories. About like I said, I came up with these extra-dimensional beings. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it got to the. Uh, I'm digressing, but I'll come back. It got to the point where my mother would be stuck when she was getting her nails done in the finger, and she'd go "ow," and the pin would fly up. And actually, at that point, it was a it was a it was a fingernail polish bottle flew up in the air. And according mm -hmm. to my theory, that means there had to be mm -hmm. a an extra-dimensional being there that was her. Uh, animal that when she got mad it would throw the thing you know it it was ridiculous <laughs> but but the earth is this 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 is a real simplification the earth is seven tenths water we're seven tenths water the universe we're made in the universe everything in the universe is all one thing if the, if there were i used to think if there's psychokinetic abilities how come we can't put meters up and check your psychokinetic rays mm -hmm. wouldn't there be something you could put them in an mri and see a psychokinetic not if it's extra dimensional mm. not if we ourselves have extra dimensional uh reality ah, right right you know so she made it move there's a psychokinetic thing in dimensions q and jeff I didn't know your mom could do all that. Yeah, she, 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 I, really I didn't like know she mom. could do it right away. My brother, is, who is a doctor, he works at Cedars, uh, is a complete non-believer. And, uh, and he actually, after seeing that, that happen with mom, he had Cashmere and me come over and do a, a, an investigation of his house. Cause he was really, having, he, he was, having, he was rolling the ball for his dog and it would hit the wall and go around the corner. And she'd come back with it, hit the ball, go around the corner. She'd come back with it, hit the ball, go around the corner. She came back without it, just trotting back, cute little Boston Terrier. Huh. And he said, what are you doing? Why did you come back? And then the ball came rolling back. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> but, so he's a believer now. He's a believer now. Uh, uh, but but he would never admit it. Uh, you know. And well, I, I guess it is it is a little hard sometimes if you've been in a certain area too, because people like his peers might you know look down on him or course. make fun of him or think he's a quack or that kind of thing. People are. Uh, Peer pressure. Yeah, in the closet, they're much Social more open-minded people because of coming to us for readings. There are all kinds of people that believe things they can't promote publicly because of what their job or their religion or. And let me ask you, how do you do your readings? How do you, how do you know? How, how do you get these senses from these people if not through some synchronistic, extra-dimensional? connection to the universe well that does play a big role the synchronicity with even the cards that come up because people will sometimes say i just pulled those same cards at home today how is that even possible yeah i mean <laughs> you know i don't they have a different deck they and, and people are pretty honest about that and i've had that happen you know where i've pulled certain cards and then if i go and get a reading with michael and 
We, we oh, aren't even finished. I, I wanted to tell you how <laughs> Jay Sebring cut my hair, and he was one of the Manson victims. Oh, uh, well, the, we will continue the conversation, you know. We've really enjoyed it, and we look forward to Cashmere joining in because you guys are quite a team. I enjoyed it. It's it. great talking to you when we're not joking around, when we're really talking. <laughs> yes, you, yes. You're, you're, you're great to talk to. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. You are as well. And thank you all for listening, and make sure to like us and Subscribe to our channel, and we look forward to seeing you next Tuesday as we continue to explore the esoteric and the obscure. Have a great day. 